Hey everybody, this is Gleb Alexandrov for Ask Gleb Podcast. Welcome back, I am so glad to see you here. And today we're gonna talk about the traditional media and how they can help the CG artists in their craft. But before we start, I want to say thank you so much to each one of you because this podcast is brought to you by you once again, and I appreciate it. And uh, while I'm drinking coffee and answering the questions, and let me just prove it right away. So while I'm drinking coffee, let's pick the first one. Uh, the question comes from the question comes from David Maxween on Twitter. What is your favorite traditional medium? David asks, do you practice in that medium much? And actually to make this question interesting uh, to everybody out there, I want to rephrase it. Or do you need to practice in the traditional media to be successful as a CG artist? And in brief, I think that the answer in every case would be yes. Uh, you must not uh, ha have a good knowledge of traditional media, but for example, if you try to sculpt in a ZBrush and do it professionally, you will benefit a lot from uh, sculpting something in, uh, in clay. Uh, the feel of a real material is something that will surely give you an idea how to work with digital one. Because in the end, all the digital things and the ZBrush itself is uh, the simulation of how the real material works. And the same goes for painting. If you're painting digitally using a tablet, it will be a huge level up for you if you just learn a, a traditional arts composition, something like that. The tools itself, like Photoshop or GIMP or something else, don't matter so much. And what really matters much is what you are doing with your composition and how do you see things. Because, you know, it's my deep belief that your vision, that you should develop your vision in the first place. You know, learn how to look at things, try to notice how things work, try to notice the th physics of the environment. If you're making an environment, <laughs> if you're setting light and in your scene, uh, try to get a glimpse of how the real lighting could work in this type of environment. Maybe you're making a dusty basement with the light streaming in from the window. And unsurprisingly, in this type of environment, there would be a lot of dust and a lot of moisture and a lot of particles in the air and all these particles they reflect and refract the sun rays and without this small effect the scene won't be believable at all even if your materials are great even if your models are great but this small detail will ruin everything so just to repeat one more time learn how to look at things and return to traditional media traditional media is a great helper in uh, developing this kind of artistic eye to work and actually I have the great example nearby because my wife, Lena, she is traditional painter. She's not a kind of uh, all-in digital nerd like me. She paints her, uh, in oil and does it very well. And when I'm trying to come up with a composition of my own or with a concept art, I'm always asking her for advice because she has an eye for that thing. So the traditional background is very cool for you. Go for it. Or no, at least try to marry someone who knows the thing. Alright, and let's move on to the second question. It comes from Juliana D'Angelo. Juliana asks, Hey Gleb, are you a photographer? Because all of your hints really are based on photographic knowledge and sensibility. First of all, Juliana, thanks so much for a great question uh, that plays so well with uh, the today's podcast subject. 
And that sounds really flattering, but let me put it this way. I love learning from photography. And uh, as I've said, we all benefit from developing artistic eye. Photographers, artists, anybody else. Uh, for example, let's return to lighting for a second. One more time. If you know how subsurface scattering works, you can't just look at things how you used to do it. Because before you knew about subsurface scattering, the objects appeared to be simply lit. Uh, but after you discovered this new type of concept for you, like subsurface scattering, objects appear to capture the light and to be full of light, if you know what I mean. And funny thing, uh, recently I find myself working like a real photographer, but in a blender because I'm creating a scene and then I'm searching for a camera angle, enabling strong depth of field and trying to make a pretty picture. This type of thing mainly happens in the scenes, in the nature scenes full of particle systems and random stuff. Imagine that you first grow a particle system and you don't know what you're gonna to render and then you're flying with your camera and searching for an angle. That looks like a photographer job, isn't it? So you know I'm a virtual photographer. Oh, and Juliana just saw that you're smoothing from photography to Blender and I think honestly that uh, knowing photography and then moving on to 3D is the very good thing to do because I'm sure you already have a good grasp of composition, of the form, of how lighting interacts with materials and that things work uh, the similar way in 3D, you just need to learn some hotkeys. And that is not a problem by any means, you know, because Blender doesn't have many hotkeys, just uh, something like a thousand or ten thousand maybe. It won't be a problem. Alright, that's all folks, and I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Now go ahead and sculpt something using a real clay, or paint something using an oil. Do something even more weird and show it to me in the comments. As usual, I am Gleb Alexandrov for CreativeShrimp.com. Visit this site and be sure to ask your questions on Twitter using the hashtag AskGleb and I will answer these questions in a podcast. Cheers, take care and feel free to subscribe, it will make me happy.